So if you told everybody at Acadia that a winter mission trip to Hawaii was an option, I'm sure you would have had others joining you on the trip. But uh, besides going from here to Hawaii in the middle of winter, um, tell us a little bit about the setting for the ministry, sort of what, what the mission trip was all about. So um, I was hosted by uh, Dr. Reverend Jonathan Steeper, who is a, a former graduate of here, uh, former CBM missionary, and also pastor of Atlantic Canada in the Baptist churches here. Um, so I went to um, the island of Oahu, and I worked in uh, at Kalihi Union Church, and it's kind of um, maybe considered like the rough kind of part of town in Honolulu. And um, the, it's hundreds of people attend this church, and uh, there's various intergenerational ministries. Um, the majority of the population is Asian, so um, majority Filipino. There's also a, a Japanese pastor on staff to, to uh, work with the Japanese uh, population. Um, all kinds of ministries. If you go, you can find a place. There's uh, outreach, there's seniors, there's young adults, there's youth. Um, their, their worship is contemporary <coughs> when I was there, um, but they also have their own unique ministries where you can have hula dancing and use that for, uh, for ministry. And uh, they also have like um, a preschool. They have a campus and a preschool, and they also host a lot of... Um, uh, Oh my goodness, conventions and stuff. Um, so, conferences, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> um, but the people are amazing. It's Everybody is encouraged. There's so many volunteers and there's so many... Um, their their uh, theme is loving God, loving people. And uh, everybody is encouraged to uh, share their gifts and such, such a love for people. Great. So that's kind of what I walked into. <laughs> Wonderful. So you were there a weekish around. I was days? there two weeks. Two weeks. So full two weeks. Okay. So what were some of the joys in that two week time frame? That. Um, well, I have to be honest. You say that Hawaii is warm. So for me to say that I did not enjoy the beaches and the warm temperatures would be awesome. But hands down, it was one third sightseeing, two thirds serving. So the relations, the relationships, and the people that I met, and the heart that they have for the Lord, and the missions and ministry that they have and so hands down it was the relationships that the people that I uh, met and was able to work with and I was able to be mentored and I was able to men mentor myself and also um, I was behind the video camera as part of, part of a tech team so I also uh, was able to uh, engage in skills that I never thought that I would be able to take part in so yeah Great. So, many many joys but the people and the relationships and yeah that was the real highlight for you. Yes. Yeah. What about some of the challenges? When you go on a, a mission trip like this, challenges come up. What were some of the challenges you faced in your time? Some of the challenges would have been, uh, so I went with um, no, no expectation, but going with expectancy. And being able to help there as much as I can. And so, obviously, the majority of the reason going is to be renewed in God's love for his people. So it was hard to be able to actually, so there was administrative things that I would like to have done. So they have such a big church and they have so many volunteers coming in and out of the office. So I was in charge of what was called the virtual prayer room. And so I wanted, so I was learning some like HTML coding basically to upload this 
program and everything. So I knew that there were so many people that needed help with certain things. And so only <coughs> being there for two weeks, it was hard to not get certain things done. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a challenge. Um, going into a city where you didn't know where you were going. So I was driving in Honolulu. By the end, I was driving like a home place. But um, just being able to, um, the major, not issue, but the struggle was discerning for cultural intelligence. Mm -hmm. Knowing to be able to, because I was not going with any expectancy, and I was kind of, allowing God to show me what he wanted me to say, like in relationships and everything, and just knowing when to listen and when to share. So just being discerning of cultural intelligence. So, And I know it's just Hawaii, but Hawaii, they're very laid back, you know, it's, it's kind of a different culture, and so that was the challenge, just um, not allowing myself to get in the way of what God wanted me to do, and just knowing what to say and when to say and when to listen, so... So in the midst of some of the joys and challenges, were there particular scriptures that were speaking to you or sort of sustaining you, guiding you through that time? Any particular one that you want to share with us? Uh, one in particular would be 2 Timothy 1.7. For, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Mm -hmm. So how did your courage grow in the sense of those gifts being fanned into flame and that sense of... Well, one of the things that... Um, so in the past year, um, I've always struggled with fear and anxiety. Even as a child growing through in, you know, in my teaching career and everything, I've always struggled with fear and anxiety. I was always the kid where everybody would get frustrated because I would be always afraid to take the step out. And so... Um, in the last year, I have uh, lost my best friend to leukemia, and I have lost my mother to breast cancer. And so one of the things at the forefront that has been a fear of mine is death. So when you are immersed in something like that, you have to, you're on your knees, you can't help but deal with fear. And so basically when I was there, um, my best friend Lindsay had always instilled in me this overcome of fear and she would always push me to the limits. Sometimes, to, like we were in Scotland and there was something that happened and I was in tears and she's like, Sarah, you've got to do it. So, um, and when we would drive to um, big cities, I would, my hands would always sweat because I'd always be so nervous. So, one thing I have to be thankful for is that Lindsay and my mother are both in the presence of the Lord. So that is that fear is gone because I know that they are, they are there. So as I'm driving in Honolulu, I can't help but realize how this fear is gone driving in and out of traffic. And then I went paddle boarding into big waves, which I would consider big waves, and I was in the middle of the ocean and I'm paddling and then all of a sudden I realized, oh my goodness, this is, there's sharks in here. And I, and I, remember, I remember hearing Lindsay saying, Sarah, I'm so proud of you. You can do this. And it was like, for God did not give us a spirit of fearfulness. And then all of a sudden, 
I also was encouraged by a woman who was at stage 1B breast cancer who I was able to mentor like she was able to mentor me and I was nervous about sharing my story because she's beating it and here I am telling her my story about my mother and it was like me being able to use the witness of my mother with this woman I'm being meant I'm being mentored by her she's ironically not ironically but encouragingly a retired resource teacher and God just kind of you know I'm stepping out overcoming fear and just you know like those things just don't happen on, you know? So yeah, I, I've learned to overcome fear and by this, the leading of the Holy Spirit saying, you can do this. Mm. So it can be debilitating, but when you allow experiences to overcome it, just knocks out of the park. It's <laughs> awesome. And God's got a great appointment book, booking without your knowledge, your connection with a resource teacher, being a resource teacher from Atlanta, Canada. And that would be the person you're matched up with. That's really neat to, to see. I just love the way the scripture is sort of soaked into you. That sense that you're able to say it when you're facing those fears, able to say those verses, and uh, not to have the spirit of fear, but God's strength, love, and self-discipline. That's wonderful. And just a, a great example of allowing the scripture to speak into your life, not just once, but in an ongoing way. So you're sort of sorting out your call, as many people are. It's, process, you're coming near the end of your time here, so how has this trip helped you in clarifying your call, sort of sorting things out a bit and, and trying some new things, how has that trying things been helpful in clarifying your own sense of call? Um, when I came back in September after my mother passed away, I was standing at the um, <coughs> front of, the, so service at Bethany Memorial was done, and I was stood up and I heard God speak to me and say, Sarah, you're going back to New Brunswick and you're going back to teaching, but you're also called to pastoral ministry. So I thought, well, how is that going to work? <laughs> so then I fast forward to um, sitting on the beach, and I'm reading one of uh, the books that um, Dr. Wilson had given us for a book review, and I thought I better do it now because I'm not going to join the <laughs> But the funny part was, the funny part was, it was, so my my point of going to Hawaii is to fall in love with God's people again, to really give me a broken heart for his people, and to be able to listen to his voice on his call on my life. And in this book, it's called Listening to God, and it's about a uh, pastor who has, you know, in, in the 19, like, he has journeyed as a pastor in the Atlantic Providence, provinces. And one of the things he did at 11 years old was... Um, he said, oh, I, why can't I just be a super Sunday school superintendent or a deacon like my grandfather why, or my father? Why isn't that enough? And I know that a couple years ago I said, why can't, why isn't my, like my grandfather was a Sunday school superintendent and why can't I, why isn't that enough? And uh, he said at 11, he was, he went in, into tears and said, okay, God, I will receive the call. I will be a pastor. And that was the exact same experience that I had before I even came into seminary. Why isn't just, and not just, because everybody's call is different, but why pastoral ministry? And um, I had a friend who had a prophetic dream of my grandfather who had passed on the mantle to me and explained that to me. And then all of a sudden I'm on, I'm on this beach in Hawaii and I'm reading this book, listening to God, and the exact same experience. And God get, had reminded me of, do you remember that time that you asked me why is 
you know, so, boom. Okay, so here I am going back to New Brunswick, so I'm back from, I'm back from uh, um, Hawaii, and I'm driving to New Brunswick to set up what my next stage in life is going to look like, look like. And that is clear ministry of being a full-time teacher and bivocational being a pastoral ministry. Uh, probably next generation of teaching. I mean, I can't share more than that, but I'm driving and I'm like, why am I driving to New Brunswick? I'm nervous, I'm nervous. And God says, my spirit lives in you. And that's as I'm preparing to do the next steps. So, resource teacher, Matt slash preacher, here I go. That's awesome. And it's neat to see how God is using all your experiences, short term, your teaching, your gifts, your coursework, to prepare you to shape you for whatever's next. So you've been out of ADC now for a bit. What are some of the major lessons as you come to this point of finishing off your degree here? You know, pass on all your wisdom to these expected <laughs> students. Uh, lessons learned, things that you think would be good to pass on. Uh, be a good steward. Um, be wise with your money. Um, being spiritually disciplined. Being in the Word. Journaling. Praying. Being surrounded by the people. But I've also known the importance of self-care. And that is knowing boundaries putting up boundaries to protect yourself and that's not just you know you need to you need to take care of yourself you need to take care of yourself physically you need to take care of yourself spiritually you need to take care of yourself emotionally all of those things if you are not healthy yourself then you can't take care of anybody else and finally i guess this is this is the most important thing you're on your knees and you have to completely submit. If you're going into pastoral ministry and you're going in, if you're going into ministry at anything, you're, we're all called to be disciples. We're all called to do God's work, to spread the good news. If you do not know how to give up of yourself and be empty, empty yourself and really truly love God's people, you can't go forward. You have to completely submit. I know that through the last two years I've been provided for with the people in my life. Um, you know, being here I was able to spend the time with my mother that I normally wouldn't have um, financially. You name it. But it's you're on your knees and you have to say, here I am, Lord. Complete submission. My life is yours. And he will provide. There's going to be hills and there's going to be valleys. There's going to be... But you have to... Self-care, take care of yourself, and complete submission. That's the Coles notes. <laughs> Easy recipe. No, no problem at all. <laughs> so, one of the things I appreciate very much about Sarah on her journey is her ongoing commitment. This is not a one-time thing, but an ongoing thing that you've had to do. Uh, surrender again and again and again with whatever's next, whatever's happening. And I really appreciate that about your integrity, your character, uh, the way you continue to give things to God. And that's, that's amazing. Um, how can we pray for you? That the next month goes smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else. And just that I keep the same, the same outlook and complete submission for God to be able to really use me and transform me and just 
my life is his. So as I do that to continue to, yeah, just as, as my life is his, that he will provide and that, and I know that, I know that even before I say that, but that there is a, there is a part of myself that is submission. And so as we do that, just pray that that continues. I want to pray uh, for Sarah now, and then we'll have an opportunity. I know that many students, especially those who are graduating, it's a time of year where people are wrestling with call and how all this training and where things are going and uh, to have a sense of God's leading in the midst of that, and with whether it's what their people are doing this summer or year ahead, those sorts of things. We'll have an opportunity to pray for one another. Um, but I want to pray for you in the midst of... Um, when I listen to Sarah's story, um, it's one of those merry moments where the angel says, do not be afraid. And Mary's response, as the picture of what God's up to, is shared. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. We want to pray that for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Sarah. We thank you for guiding her on this mission trip, for guiding her and sorting out her calling with her gifts and experience in teaching, um, in ministry training here, the many ways that you have equipped her to make a difference for your kingdom. Lord, she shared candidly with us some of her fears today. Thank you that she's able to name those and bring those to you. May she hear those reassuring words, do not be afraid. God is in this. May she experience your peace, your presence, your power working in her and through her. Come Holy Spirit and fill up Sarah with all that she needs from you for the rest of the term, for the discernment about future things that is ahead of her, and for the plans you have for her. Lord, thank you for her willing heart her servant heart, where she has prayed in different ways on many days, I am the Lord's servant. <coughs> we thank you that for that, Lord, and we pray that you would continue to sustain her servant heart, that she cares for herself as she opens herself up to your leading in her life. And we pray that you would continue to use her in wonderful ways. Lord, pray this with gratitude and expectancy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.